0: Hey listeners and welcome to the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. I'm your host Ben Hucker. If this is your first time tuning into the pod then we hope you enjoy today's episode. But what is this podcast all about? Well, we tell the stories of doers, thinkers and creatives on the surf coast in Australia. Why do we do it? We think the coast is a melting pot of creative minds from the city, the country and the coast and we wanted to get their stories out there. Each episode is packed full of insight and a good dose of practical hints and tips from our guests. We hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast brought to you by Stonker in Torquay. Well, it's a very warm welcome to Brian Hines uh, for episode 53 of the Surf Coast Creators podcast. Filmmaker extraordinaire. Welcome, Brian.
1: Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, it's all good. We're pretty excited about today's episode because video, film, anything to do with you know long lengths of uh, big files and big images can be quite intimidating for small businesses and solopreneurs and coaches and things. So keen to get some practical hints and tips from you today. But just before we start, do you want to give us a, a bit of a, a spiel or elevator pitch about who you are and what your business is?
1: I like that. No pressure Um, in terms <laughs> of the, uh, the tips. Well, uh, I guess I call myself now uh, more kind of an adventure filmmaker that's kind of been a a niche I've been kind of positioning myself in as more of a storyteller. Um and I've done a little bit of work, you know, in the whole like acting, TV presenting space as well. So there's kind of been that in front and behind uh behind the lens. I guess um where it all kind of kicks off is, you know, I used to be an outdoor guide, expedition leader, and used to working with uh with teams of people, mostly school age students. And used to take them, you know, overseas on these incredible expeditions and, you know, do a lot of sea kayak expeditions, hiking, climbing, all that kind of stuff in Australia. Um, and what kind of, you know, kicked me into that creative storytelling field was after seeing all these experiences, they'd go back, um, you know, to their families, to schools, and, you know, they wouldn't be able to have anything to necessarily show for it because no one had phones. It was just kind of, mm. you know, go and experience that and so that that pushed me to go all right maybe I should um I should buy a camera cuz I didn't own a camera at that point I just had like an old iPhone and oh, and yeah. then I started um started documenting that and you know and started making videos that way and then that's you know evolved over time now to where I'm you know working with brands working with um with athletes people creatives storytellers and uh, you know we'll pick different uh different projects to work on whether they're passion or work related um and that's kind of been the the momentum building in that area over the last, you know, few years, and I'm now kind of starting to to move into a, that teaching and mentoring side of it, as well as the uh, the projects, and and start kind of giving that information to other people to, you know, give them a helping hand up.
0: Yeah, very cool. I see quite a few videos on your Instagram reel, which are more sort of educational based, which is great to see. So passing on that knowledge, which is awesome. So this is your full time gig now. There's there's nothing else you you do this. Working with brands, doing different projects every single day of the week?
1: Yeah, I um, I was doing teaching as well um, before I, I got into what I was, I'm doing now. So, you know, from that guiding background, I moved into teaching, you know, diploma um, and cert for, you know, through the tertiary sector. And I'd have trainees that I was essentially getting them ready to to work as a guide in the industry. Um, and so, I'd you know, I'd have TAFE classes of like 30 people and I'd be teaching them everything from like group facilitation to like weather to risk to um, all these kind of, you know, topics that would relate to that industry. Um, and then I'd take them out, you know, kayaking and hiking and teach them nav and all these things. And so I was teaching um, and then, yeah, I guess I I kind of got to a point where during our, while I was teaching, I was also experimenting with the other uh, video side of things. And as I was making more videos and started getting, you know, more requests, and I guess that momentum building, that consistency of me going, all right, you know, I'll make something here, um, that kind of started to to get to a point where I just, you know, I had a teaching contract, and I had my, you know, my own ambition. It was like, all right, well, what are you what are you going to do, you know? And the worst thing that could have happened was. I said no to the teaching and you know, I worked mm-hmm. out that I really sucked at making videos. I could have just gone back to teaching and <laughs> and just kept that going. But um yeah. I decided to go, you know what, I'll move away from teaching. I kept guiding in the back pocket because I really enjoyed those experiences. Um and yeah, and I just started kind of doing a little bit more in that video space and then and building that up. So now, yeah, that's my full time gig now. Um cool. well, I say I say that kind of I go from, you know, project to I like to be in control of my time, so I try not to, you know, fill it up just constantly, just so I'm, you know, busy. I like yeah. to have uh, that kind of, you know, I'm conscious of how I'm spending, you know, my time with each project, and that's how, that's how I've been rolling for um, probably the last yeah few years, I guess four years now.
0: Ah, uh, very good. So congratulations on your your progress to date. So you just spoke about the the leap there, which we cover quite a lot in our episodes. So. We could just go through that in a bit more detail. So it sounds like you thought about your worst case scenario, which was sucking at video and going back to teaching. So well,
1: I, mindset, definitely, I definitely sucked early on. I
0: definitely <laughs> sucked early on. So you actually thought you sucked and you still did it anyway, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Cause I think there was a, um, even though, you know, we're our, our, our own harshest critic so, when it comes Absolutely. to anything you know when you start, you're always the shittest in the beginning. <laughs> you're the worst at anything as soon as you start, yeah. and I think there was a you know you kind of have to take your own ego and like just go, nah, we're not gonna do that, you know, don't get that self kind of doubt that you're already gonna have anyway, but you yeah. just need to start um and I think while I was starting, even though I knew, you know, I was at a beginning level and, you know, maybe the videos sucked in my standards, they probably sucked in a lot of other standards as well. <laughs> it was still providing value um, to the people who I was doing it for. So if I, you know, if I started working with a school, even though I'm not doing something at like a cinema, cinema high standard, you know, mm. I'm not sort of cinematic and beautiful how I'd really like it to be today. Yeah. At that time, it was really good value for that, that client. And that's how it kind of built. As long as I was providing value um, doesn't matter how, how bad I thought it was. Other people were still wrapped.
0: Yeah. That's a key thing. Isn't it value? I'm just thinking of a couple of a pair of guys that have been really successful on Instagram with short video clips. So the inspired unemployed and I remember their stuff at the start was just pretty low quality and still really, really funny, but low quality in terms of video uh, picture and all the rest but those guys are absolutely killing it now so yeah there's a lot to be said for value
1: yeah and i you know it goes into that you know quantity over quality type scenario too and there's a you know there's a classic i think um oh, study that was done in a school i, I don't think i'm going to get the um the references down for any of the listeners but um essentially there was a, a photography class and you know a teacher goes into that photography class and basically splits the room in two And the idea is quality and quantity. So half the room is told to take you know as many photos as you can um, for this class project, and you know at the end of the three weeks or however long it was, you know you're going to bring in your your body of work, the stuff that you've Mm -hmm. captured. The other half of the class was told to have three photos. They're the most outstanding, you know, hero images of their their project. So you know that side of the class really trying to craft the you know what they think is going to be the the perfect submission for the uh for the the class kind of you know experiment project whatever you want to call it um and what they found you know everyone came back in 3 weeks and you you've got these uh these students that had focused really hard to try to get the perfect images um, we they found that they weren't hitting, you know, necessarily as high as a you know quality of an image, as opposed mm. to the guys that were just taking photo and photo and photo, experimenting, trying different ideas, you know, mm-hmm. consistent, just taking a photo all the time, getting as much in their their bank as possible. And the real takeaway from that was, the more you're going to do something, the better you're accidentally just going to get. Um, so, That's you know, so it's
0: true. it's like a trial and error approach.
1: Totally. So there's always going to be that, you know, that quality element that, you know, people want to get across in content, but the, you know, the example you gave of the uninspired boys, you know, they just started Mm. making stuff and, you know, over time. Yeah. And it's that, you know, that quantity, you just start making stuff, you're just going to naturally get better at it. Um, And the whole idea is that consistency is that you just keep going. Whereas if you just kind of like focus on one thing and, you know you obsess over that and you can't release it until it's perfect you know it's never going to get out so done is better than perfect and just keep on you know that consistency of like just pushing it out
0: i like that slogan done is better than perfect so Always. that could be the the title for this episode but yeah i <laughs> love that uh we'll use that one and yeah so a lot to be said for the trial and error approach uh getting out there and just doing it i gather so I know there's a lot of short courses and TAFE courses out there on cinematography and videography and the rest. Would you recommend just getting out there and, you know, going back to the old adage of doing a thousand videos type thing? I think it's 10,000, isn't it? you got to do 10,000 hours of your craft and practicing your craft before you become a professional. Would you rec- recommend practical sort of getting out there and just doing it over tertiary studies or can they still complement
1: the, the 10,000 hours to mastery is a is an interesting concept you know that that equates to about a, a 5 years full time mm. um and i you know even even now i've hit you know 5 years doing what i'm doing do i think i'm a master no but do i think i've developed some mastery in that craft sure mm-hmm. and i think you know with that consistency we we'll, you know we're mentioning before about just getting out and doing it if you're doing something full time, you know, that 10,000 hours, you're just naturally going to get some form of mastery in whatever that thing is that you've chosen. Um, and, it, you know, you hear the, the words, the, the buzzwords, find your passion, do what you love. Mm. I actually think um, and I really, you know, believe in this concept that sometimes you find that passion or that love for whatever you're doing through obtaining mastery in whatever that subject field is. Yep. So, you know, as you start getting better in something, you start, you know, feeling like, okay, I am getting better. I can see progress. And then you start to like it more because, you know, you're seeing results. People that you, you know, around you are starting to see progress.
0: I think sort like learn- of sorry, you go. I was just gonna say it's like the arrow of causation. We've got it wrong. It's like you find your passion and then you practice, but you're basically saying you practice first and then your passion evolves.
1: Absolutely. I think it's backwards um, with that whole modern adage of, oh, find your passion and then, you know, go into it. I think if you're interested in something, try it and, you know, and try it again and again. Don't just give up on the first go. And through, you know, if you start getting better, you'll work out whether you enjoy it, you know, and you might find that it just, you know, slightly alters the course of the way you're doing something and, you know, you get better at that thing. And so I think when it comes to to learning, you know, just to to reference what we're we mentioned before, you know, a tertiary course versus, you know, maybe jumping onto YouTube and and learning something, I think is purely just how the individual likes to learn. Um, I think there's value on both sides. Um, I have been to, you know, conferences and like, you know, sessions and little workshops and stuff before, and I found great value in them, not only because of maybe the, the content matter, but you're meeting other creatives. You're, you know, sharing ideas and frustrations, and I think through that, you know, it's always better to struggle together. Firstly, um, but you can you can learn so much of the other attendees as well as you know getting those tips and trips tricks from like industry experts. Having said that, you know, if you want to learn anything or any skill, it's already out there online. You know, I think the only limitation is is yourself from finding it. So, like YouTube, for example, oh, I did
0: heaps of stuff rabbit on holes YouTube. on YouTube. <laughs>
1: If you can, uh, if you can, you know, kind of avoid the Alice in Wonderland scenario of yeah. going down the rabbit hole, um, you can, you know, be very specific with what you need mm. to know and what you want to learn. You know, a, a strategy I started using was, um, and I was probably doing this a little bit more early on. I, you know, I'm still learning now so much and I still do it occasionally to try to keep that learning curve um, growing. But, you know, you'd write down maybe like three things that you just need to learn in. You know, for me it was video. So what three things do I need to learn in video that would really level me up? And so I would, you know, watch a YouTube video, maybe I'd do a master class, I'd do something on that thing and go, all right, is there value there? Am I now better at that? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, that's one strategy. You know, this uh you know, this weekend coming up, I'm running a workshop for people who, you know, I like saw what, that, yeah. like what we're talking about, they're you know, maybe hitting a, a frustration point or they're just wanting you know that little different take on perspective or a little bit of a walk by walk process of like you know how do we uh how do we get to a certain level of production and i think with anyone running a workshop you know ideally is we want to get rid of the frustrations that we experience for the people that are attending yeah. and it's you know if, it's much easier to go you know, somewhere if you've got a map rather than you know, trying every single route to try to get to that destination. If you've got a map and someone says, hey, take this turn, go here, do this, you're going to get there a lot faster essentially.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about the workshop in a bit more detail actually a bit later on, but um, just wanted to go a step back as well before we go into the more business practical side of things and then finish with some inspiration so uh, did you grow up on the coast like it seems like adventure outdoors is a big part of your life
1: look I grew up in the in the country I wish I grew up on the coast it's probably not <laughs> why I don't ooze that uh that surfer vibe persona <laughs> um you know the I you know I tried growing the hair long tried you know putting a little bit of blonde I in did it say I that I don't think it uh I don't think it, it could have taken up.
0: you for you know 30 35 years in Janjuk with the with the <laughs> long bleached hair
1: maybe that was the um the the illusion that I was trying to create. <laughs> I um no, I grew up in a small little country town called Euroa. Um ah, so for those yeah. who kind of, you know, might be listening somewhere that they have no idea of this little town called Euroa. It's in it's like two hours north of Melbourne, northeast country mm-hmm. Victoria. The town had about three and a half thousand people in it. Um so I grew I grew up there. And so you know if you can imagine your, your typical um countryside, a lot of sheep farmers in that area, a lot of people that are riding horses I was like riding dirt bikes and shooting guns and you ah, know, there you go. I was, I was that kind of, you know, that country kid, you know, always kind of building a cubby house or something on the weekend. I was a paper boy, um, a lot of sport, country footy, all that kind of stuff. So that was the, uh, that was the kind of, you know, the upbringing in, in that, um, in that town. And I guess through that too, I, you know, I started off being a chef. Um, oh, wow. I, you know, got to, I think I was, was going like, to
0: ask what, what came first out of everything? So basically yeah, chef straight yeah, after high food. school.
1: The idea was, you know, with any career that I've had, and I've been able to kind of map this transition over the years with any career that I have, I just wanted to get paid to travel the world really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to find something that I enjoyed doing that allowed me to have new experiences. So it was kind of, you know, hitting a few little marks. The idea behind chef was that I wanted to work on a cruise ship, travel the world and make amazing food. Um yep. and so you know I knocked out my first year of an apprenticeship in a in a local restaurant and was running the kitchens when I was like 17 and oh, then wow. I, you know I finished school you know did my my year 12 and everything and and finished that and I was like you know faced with the decision of like hey do you go to uni or do you get a trade and for me I you know was like okay look if I get a trade I'll be qualified um in the industry within 2 years so by the time I'm 20 and mm-hmm. I can Work out whether I stay in that industry or I, you know, go to uni or do something different. And so yeah. I moved straight down to Melbourne. Um, ended up getting a an apprenticeship and a job at the Sofitel in Melbourne. So we're talking five oh, yeah. star French hotel. So yeah, a very different world to uh to what I experienced in the country. And so you know I was living in a, an apartment building twenty four stories up, right near Flinders Street Station, and um and I'd walk to work. You know, Paris end of Collins Street, Melbourne. Yeah, a couple you know, very, uh, and because it's French, you know, I was greeting everyone, bonjour, bonsoir, you know, it was, <laughs> it was very so um, you,
0: very authentic. Did you, get, did you get beyond those two words or?
1: Oh, from time to time. But it was a, I guess it was a, um, it was a pretty interesting experience because I worked under some really hard chefs and I, I guess, you know, the country element of being a pretty laid back kid, you know, I was, and having run, you know, a little restaurant for a while, I guess I could handle stress pretty well, um, but it was, it made me think i remember being in my second year going i need to get out of here like you know one of these fresh uh, one of these french chefs he's just breaking my balls i'm like have <laughs> i chosen you know the right career and so i think at that time you know there was a really inspiring lady um who was working in hr her name was Catherine, and you know i went down as like a you know 19 year old you know third year apprentice i'm like kind of gearing up you know ready to kind of enter this professional world um and i said to her i was like hey um i want to do something with people i need something more leadershipy and she's like, i'm like i don't want to be confined by these four walls you know around me um working as a chef it's not for me and so you know off that she was like have you thought about you know guiding in the outdoors i've got friends they travel the world because she knew my uh my core anything i was doing was to try to have adventure and explore the world that was really my why when it came right down to it I wanted yeah. new experiences with people. And so that pushed me into, into the outdoors. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I started, you know, using my chef as more of a casual thing because I was fully qualified at that point. And then, you know, rolled into oh, cool. the outdoors, get trained yeah. up in all those skills and started working with people. And I was like, hey, you know, we're starting to kind of, you know, explore and my cup was becoming a lot more full.
0: So you got quite a few skills. So qualified chef, you finished your apprenticeship, I assume. Yes. So you did that. Uh... Got a diploma of teaching and now your filmmaking
1: skills. So and the guiding, you know, and was, I'm a trained and professional trained
0: guide. So are quite a few options there if filmmaking doesn't work out. But it sounds like it well and truly is right now. So that's brilliant.
1: I think the um the positioning that I started to to take, you know, I I work with a I've worked with a bunch of schools all over Australia and, and you know some in the world as well and you know taking them to amazing places I think what I started to do was I positioned myself that as a trained guide I was able to go on to trips knowing that if anything went wrong I'm fully trained to like step in either as another guide or a ratio or whatever it might be but also I had the independence element that if a brand wanted to send me on an expedition or to go in with a team at a school and be like hey you know they're multi-day trekking to this destination we need you to like trek in there camp with the group you know self hike out to another group capture some stuff with them get back to a vehicle all that stuff i'm already you know i'm already trained in so whether i'm jumping in a canoe kayak you know hiking i've got not only all my own kit um and i know how to do that but i can go in safely you know help out if necessary capture what i need to because i've now got the skills as a as a filmmaker and then get myself back out again and, and that's you know not only peace of mind for a for the insurance of a uh, of a brand but then you know it just means that i'm being able to be utilized in that you know that area which is is really what i was trying to work in i
0: remember that was a big part of uh one of my heroes in the photography world was chris burkhart he said you have got to be prepared to do everything and anything so Making cups of coffee, cups of tea for the crew. You got to be working twenty four seven. You got to fetch the water when you need to fetch the water. You've got to just be prepared to do it all. So it sounds like you've done that.
1: Absolutely. Well, you you know you roll in on a you know on a trip and you know maybe they've had like a a grueling day and they're getting in late. You know if you can whip up something you know food wise and you know people can set up tents and they can scramble and get their camp set up and you're like hey you know mm. I'm not going to be taking any photos here. Let me uh let me help out here. It just yeah. means it's like, you know, you're you're helping everyone through that. And it's like, yeah, this guy, let's get him back.
0: Yeah. And I guess if you've got that attitude of I'm the photographer, I shall sit here and take photos. And <laughs> outside of that, I shall wait for my dinner and do nothing. Then probably not going to make it, especially with brands.
1: Yeah, I'll look at it, a lot. it looks, you know, it looks glamorous. You know, the idea of it, of any career, I think is that, you know, you can, yeah. you know, idolize and fantasize about different aspects of a career, but there's always a side that, you know, you potentially don't see, um, especially filmmaking. Like, if anything, your bag just gets heavier and yeah. uh, and you spend a lot more time carrying that stuff around.
0: I'm keen to hear more about um, practicalities of putting together little videos and things without spending an, an absolute fortune, mm. uh, as you may have now with all your equipment. But uh, just in terms of the coast, when did you end up on the coast? So you went off doing tour guides and things. What drew you to the coast?
1: I think initially it was 2015, had a friend who had a birthday here and I'd been, you know, to the coast beforehand. You know, I was kayaking, so I used to like kayak surf dislocated the shoulder in 2013 i think it was bought a surfboard had the idea of like oh yeah i'll be a surfer (laughs) um and so long
0: hair bleached hair
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know different water sports skill hopefully won't get dislocated shoulders and um i think after coming down for a mate's birthday 2015 you know seeing the lifestyle here i had trainees that i was teaching at the time i was teaching their diploma course in uh in anglesey and, um and so I was already doing a commute up and back um, from, from Melbourne. So I was living in Melbourne at the time in the Eastern suburbs and, you know, I'd come down to, to Anglesey for a few days out of the week. And I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I don't need to be in Melbourne and I like a smaller town, you know, a couple of hours from a, a metropolitan city. um, So I'm able to get the things and the work and stuff I need. And so it, Torquay just became one of those places that I found. It just ticked those boxes for me. A little bit colder than I would have liked. Yeah. Um, but having said you that. you him know,
0: southwesterly winds too.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I was teaching weather, so I guess I kind of knew it too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it came down and I think I'm um, fully committed in by 2016. And I've been down here since. And, you know, I think one of the things that that has kept me down here is the the community down here. And I really like that. Um, and I also like, there's quite a, a lot of creatives and entrepreneurial kind of types down here as well. Um, and the coffee's great and, you know, yeah, the coastline good. and the coastline is stunning. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter. I think whether you are into the, you know, the surf culture as much, I yeah. think there's something down here that still speaks to, you know, whether it's the environment or you like being active mm. or creative, you know
0: absolutely that's why we started the podcast because we like part of our intro is you know the surf coast is a melting pot for creative minds from the city of the country and the coast and it's absolutely true it's uh yeah it's a lot more than surf culture and surf industry these days isn't it there's totally. people that have never been to the surf beach that live in torquay but yeah. are actually quite creative and artists and other things so
1: and we were talking before you know like you know one of the films i had made was literally on an artist and you know I go into a, you know, an artist kind of like hub, you know, that I had no idea was kind of located, you know, just north of Torquay and you're surrounded by people that are just working on these amazing creative projects and murals and it's um, you know, you you don't know it's there unless sometimes you look for it. Um and if you if you keep your eye out for the creatives that they are everywhere down here.
0: Oh, it's just, we've done 50 episodes and well 53 today and yeah, I don't think we've even scratched the surface. That's why we brought the podcast back because there's so many stories to tell, so it's great to have have you on and hear more about your story. And yeah, it all seems like such a natural progression when you talk about it. But just to think, if you hadn't had that lady in HR, where you might have ended up, and yeah, how different life could have been. It's kind of like, your sliding doors moment.
1: Uh, yeah, literally. I think you know it's the classic you know Steve Jobs quote: "You can't join the dots. You know, looking uh, yeah. looking forward, you can only join them looking backwards." And That's so. True. I think as, you know, where I am now, if if you have a look at those little position points or those little kind of, you know, moments where you have slightly taken a, you know, a little kind of path, you know, just slightly different to, you know, what you were doing at that time, you know, you can start to kind of map it out. And I, you know, I say this to friends all the time. I find that I go through like a four to five year cycle where there's a, I get to a point in that four to five years and maybe I'm feeling like I've got some mastery in an area and I, I need to be learning and I need to be growing. And I just slightly, you know, just pivot, just a tiny bit, you know, just, you know, just a tiny bit to what I'm doing. Yep. And, you know, it doesn't feel like much at the time, but, you know, give it time, you're significantly further away to where you would have been continuing the same thing. And I have now worked out that I do that every, you know, four to five years, you know, and I think it's just, it's just, it, whether it's a pattern that's just emerged from looking back, or it is a uh, a very conscious decision to do it at that time frame, But yeah I feel like that's what's been happening,
0: yeah'm very similar i I just realized the other day it's five years since I quit my job in finance, and it's been a journey ever since and even going down a different path to even back then so back then wanted to quit finance, wanted to do something freelance like copywriting, which I did for five years, picked up some really good clients, made good money, all that stuff, traveled to southeast Asia, and now just a totally different pivot into retail and manufacturing so life has changed again and i've so kind it's, of
1: it's amazing what uh, happens yeah,
0: put the creative writing on the back burner and now it's more about podcasting and running stonker day to day so and being your dad and doing all those things so yeah life does change very quickly but that's awesome to hear more about your story brian so we'll get into some of the the practicalities of Filmmaking, videography. So there's a lot of demand now from small businesses, especially for people who don't have a shop front. I mean, we're lucky to have a shop front at Baines Crescent in Torquay. It's very visible. But for people who don't have a shop front, you know, if they're into artisanal crafts or into van making or any number of things that you can do as an artist or a creative, what's the best way to go about just producing? short videos that can kind of satisfy, I don't know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the different social media channels, and then also a website, also YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is there just a, like a three-step formula or is it just, there's no
1: easy way? There's a, there's always a recipe for success with a bunch of different platforms. Um, and I think, you know, it can be quite overwhelming for a lot of people, individuals, and businesses when they think of either a content strategy or a video strategy. They're thinking about what looks cool, what other people are doing, you know, how can they kind of, you know, stand out from the uh, the rest. Um, look, if there's a, you know, a leading quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Don't compare what you're necessarily going to do to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the starting, you know, positions I get a lot of um, a lot of people to start with is okay. What do you stand for, and what would you like to communicate? You know, I think if you know what you stand for early on, and you know the message that you just want to push out there, having that as your platform to you know to springboard from, that's going to be a key factor. When it comes to the the type of content people consume, it can be really you know almost like trickled down into two two buckets. You've got short form and you've got long form. Um, so, you know, the, the long form is almost like laid back content. So think your YouTube content, think your, think anything. You, you're really going to like take time. You're going to watch it probably at the end of the day or maybe while you're having lunch or something, your phone's just running. Um, and the short form stuff is like, I need to know what you're telling me, you know, now and I'm not going to hang around for a long time. I'm, I'm doing things. So, you know, short form, long form, your two buckets in terms of strategy there is a there is three things that you know i tell people that if you include any one of them into a video that's going to you know definitely retain people if you hit all three amazing you're going to probably have something go viral so you've got value you've got story and you've got quality production so you know to go into into value value can be anything from like learning a skill it can be entertainment it can be an idea, a message, something that comes across. But when you watch that, you know, that video, you come away with something. There's, mm-hmm. you know, you're either having a laugh and you you remember it or you're like, hey, that's changed my mind. Or you're like, I'm now, I know how to fold washing in two easy steps, you know, like whatever it might be. Story so case... even
0: if it's just to stop you there one second, so even if it's funny, it's still valuable.
1: Yes, because you're, you're providing something to someone. So Yep. Having, you know, having said that, you know, something can be funny and provide value, um, mm-hmm. like in terms of um, of learning something, you, can, you know, you can make a funny lesson, um, whatever it might be. That's why things like, you know, skits or, you know, shorts um, that you might find, you know, all over TikTok, Instagram, everything. Yeah. Those comedy skits are providing a value, whether, you know, you realize it or not, you're getting something from that. The next one is story. And to be honest, story should probably be the first thing. Um, And so if you can find, you know, a, you know, the kind of protagonist, you know, build a character, the conflict and resolution, that's really the heart of any story, conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. And if you can, you know, take a viewer uh, on that journey and they see maybe a struggle and they see a solution, um, then, you know, that's going to form a big part of that connection and that reason why to watch a video. So story tends to be, you know, one of the, at, at the heart of short form and long form. And, you know, we mentioned comedy skits as well. So, you know, generally they form some form of story and you're laughing along that story chain. Yeah. And the third, the third thing is quality. So, you know, quality comes in the form of maybe how something is cut together. It can be, you know, uh, something visually stunning. So whether that is, you know, a whale breaching and it's just shot on a really nice camera or Mm -hmm. maybe it's, you know, ASMR, you know, you've got a really nice mic and you start kind of like, (laughs) you know, making different noises and opening packets of chips. There's a quality there that's going to keep you interested. Uh And so you hit any one of those pillars, those, you know, that value, that story, that quality, if you hit any one of those, that's generally going to keep people, you know, watching, right. you know, but if you get all three, if you can tell a story that provides value and has mm-hmm. really good quality, you're most likely going to have something that's going to go viral. The oh, one ca- see it,
0: But you only have to hit one of them.
1: You only have to hit one of those three Excellent. if the video is going to be, you know, somewhat successful or, you know, be of use to someone else. Um yep. If you get all three, the idea is to try to get as many of those three as you can. Yep. The, the one catalyst that really, you know, takes, you know, everything to another level is how you present it. So, you know, you've got these three things. Fantastic. You know, you might be providing value. You might be telling a good story. You might have something that's visually or auditorily stunning, but it's how you present it that's going to make the difference. So presentation is all about how you you know put it together and you present it to people. Um and that's you know the magic's done either in the uh the editing or it's done you know how you creatively you know say something or do something whatever it is that's going to be the uh the difference as well. So the you know the real kind of um the example of that is you know if you're finding those skits and you know the camera angle just shifts you know from one person to the other or you know another mm-hmm. example might be you watch a youtube video and every now and then they've shot it similar but every now and then there'll be a cut in to, uh, to yep. you know t- tighten the frame and then back out you know that's just a way of presenting it so it becomes a little bit more engaging so you're you're not feeling stagnant watching something it is slightly changing and that's just an example of presentation
0: so yeah. remember those three elements. So just to summarise again, so value,
1: so story, and product and quality, and
0: quality. Right. So you get one of those right, or the aim is to get all three right. So as a, a small business owner, I think that's that's awesome. That's all well and good. Uh, in terms of hardware, software, what's what's best if you're you know you're absolutely flat chat running your business during the day. You don't have time to build a, a mini sort of video production company on the side. Uh, what what are you going to use? What's what's the bare minimum in terms of a setup? Is that can you get a, get away with just an iPhone or smartphone? So either Android or Apple.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question now because um, the the bar to entry is getting lower and lower as the technology gets better and better. You know, and we've seen that, and that's why you you have you know things like UGC, user generated content where brands are reaching out to people just to create stuff on their phones um, because now that bar has been lowered enough that the quality is there with technology. I think, you know, with anything, if you're struggling for time, um, you need to either make time to do it or you need to bring on someone to to help you. That's going to be the, the deciding factor. If yep. you're finding that, okay, I've got a little bit of, you know, room that I can make some time to to build in some content and, you know, either to, to make some stuff, most of the time, you know, a, a, one of the latest iPhones can be fantastic for TikTok. Um, and you might even find that you can get that, you know, across for Instagram and things like that as well. You can film 4K, you can, you know, get a range of shots and you might find that, you know, Depending on your business model, if you're just trying to get that uh, quantity, remember, you get better the more you do something. If you get that quantity with an iPhone of getting creative and shooting it and maybe editing inside an app, um, that can get you, you know, maybe the, the momentum in terms of the quantity that you need for, you know, building out some social storytelling or some value add or some production quality that you need to get across. When it comes to like YouTube, you know, doing some stuff that's longer form, that's really tedious to do on your phone. And especially Mm -hmm. if you're trying to do some form of brand storytelling or, you know, you want something with a little bit of a higher production value. For me, I've kept everything, you know, Mac-based. But having said that, you know, a laptop is generally going to be, you know, I've made full documentary films just using my laptop. Um, And, you know, in terms of software, there's a lot of, People have different preferences. And at the end of the day, software and cameras are just tools, you know, to allow you to do whatever it is you want to do. So I use Final Cut because it's optimized for Mac. um, Final Cut. Final Cut, that's the editing software. That's
0: paid software?
1: It is. You you can get a trial, like, you you know, you get like a three-month kind of, um, you know, uh, what do they give it? Like a a three-month kind of trial and then you can pay for it. But it's a one-time purchase. And the reason I use it, it has a really quick output in terms of export, import. It's uh, it's user-friendly in terms it's very intuitive. Um, and it's, a, you know, it's pro level as well. So you can actually go in and there's features in there and there's tools in there to really level it up. Um, if you think about Final Cut, it's, think it's like a base editing software that you can get lots of different apps and things to like come in okay. and help you with like templates, titling, transitions, that kind of thing. So you can build yeah. onto it. Another one is uh you might hear like Adobe Premiere yep. Pro. Um, that's a subscription base. So rather than a one-time purchase, you are constantly purchasing for that. Um mm-hmm. that's probably more aimed at someone who it, it, you know, the you, the um the learning curve is a lot steeper. But once yeah. you do, once you do get it, there are some tools in Premiere Pro that are a little bit better than Final Cut. You know, it might be like some of the stabilization or color features. Yep. Um But, you know, once again, it's like that works seamlessly with motion graphics um, and really stunning kind of um, visual effects. So the idea you get Premiere is like you edit in that, but also you want to do some visual effects. So it works really well with After Effects. And then you've got everything from like DaVinci Resolve, which is also another platform that is pretty much the industry standard for color grading. But having said that, it's a really good editing software as well. But they're probably the, the three. Top three. Yeah, lots that's good things thing.
0: about DaVinci, that's a a free software, isn't it?
1: I think so. Yeah, done by uh Blackmagic. They uh, they released yeah. it for free. Look, uh, you know, I as I kind of work and you know teach people and everything, I keep everything Mac based because it's an ecosystem that allows mm. my phones and technology to to talk to each other. Maybe I'm kind of like biased for that because I have those products. Um I just find that if I want a Mac and I want to use it, Final Cut's integrated and uses all the core processes to, you know, their optimum potential. Whereas if I use a different program and I still like my Mac because I like AirDrop and all these kind of other things, yeah. um, it doesn't, it doesn't use them to their potential. So
0: okay. usability.
1: Yep. I edit it with Final Cut um, in terms of like audio and color and things like that. I tend to do that all in that platform as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, whether I'm recording on a, on a podcast mic or a different mic, you know, I can do that in like GarageBand. And there are lots of, you know, other little kind of, you know, you can get logic. You can go as like hard into software as, as you like. Yeah, Descript
0: um, as well is now really good. It does video and podcast. That's the software that we use for podcasts.
1: Epic. We'll see. I guess this is your, you know, world of podcasts. I, I, I yeah. have no idea. Um, yeah, I
0: think pretty sure they have video functionality as well. So I'm keen to actually try it out and make a few videos using Descript.
1: Yep. And I I guess, you know, if people want to, you know, make some longer content, you know, you can buy a a nice camera, you know, you can go as expensive with cameras. I'm shooting with Sony's um, at the moment just because they work really well for what I want. I've used cannons, I've used Panasonics. You can get yourself a good DSLR, you know, and uh, I would say, you know, a nice 24 to 70 lens tends to be the most, you know, used with, you know, DSLR shooters and just, you know, kind of everyday photographers as such. You could buy a little shotgun microphone um, and, you know, you can shoot on that and you could you can make a film on that if you want. Um,
0: so that's a 70mm lens, 24. Uptries. 24
1: to 70 is probably going to get you most bang for your buck. You know, you can take oh, some, a zoom lens. Yep. Yeah. You can take some photos. You can, um, you know, you can mix up your kind of focal lens. That'll probably be one of your, your most use, you know, people can buy, you know, a little lav microphone at, yep. at the end of the day, it's, it's what you you've got on you. So, you know, having said that, if you've got a, a nice iPhone, your stabilization is pretty good in an iPhone. You know, you can set that up, you know, maybe get yourself like a little light um, and, you know, you might have some earbuds in and, you know, just put them in and they're picking up the sound and maybe you just roll that way. Um, there's lots of different kind of ways of going about it. I just ordered
0: an iPhone pro, pro. I think it's iPhone 14 pro max. So can't wait to get that and start experimenting, but Uh, In terms of apps for your phone, all those software tools you mentioned, do they have apps on your phone that you can do little edits or do you recommend any cheaper apps for people who may not want to go down the path of software just yet?
1: Yeah. there's. Look, I think, you know, for me now, if I shoot something on my phone, I did a brand video just, you know, using my uh, my iPhone 11. I just wanted to give myself a, a creative challenge, you know, shoot that. But I still edited it on Final Cut Pro. So, okay with that though there are apps i think like um oh there's one that starts with v uh, vesco v s c o i think it is um, vesco yeah yeah there's that's an app there there's a oh, vesco
0: that's a big photography app isn't it yeah kind of and like you co-sharing can sharing
1: space for totally yeah. and there is like a there, you can edit you know in the um the local kind of you know apps as well like if you want to make a tiktok video just edit it in tiktok you, you can probably just get away with that same oh, yeah. with uh with reels but there is another there's an other app that's um, that's escaped me in terms of editing. Um, I'll probably think of it halfway through. Um, yeah, that could be valuable. But there, there's also there's because a couple like of iMovie others too. Like
0: stay away from.
1: Well, uh, iMovie is okay. Um, if yep. if you yeah, I think iMovie's is okay. It just it's one of those things that if it's going to do everything you want it to do, like cut footage together, just so that you can create a simple edit, um, yep. then iMovie is fantastic in terms of editing in your own music and maybe doing a little bit more than that, then it becomes restrictive and you're like, okay, maybe I need to do something on a computer. Um, So I I guess if you want to make really easy to cut um, videos, do them natively in app would be my, you know, with my suggestion. Um, There are a couple of other apps, but because I don't use them, the name's not coming straight to my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of them in particular too, you control all the settings on your camera manually um, I used to know this because I, you know, was shooting a lot with my iPhone. But as I've moved away with it, I literally just shoot in the camera app on the iPhone airdrop the yep. footage straight to my Mac and cut it really quickly in final cut because that's my work yeah, process. Right. And that
0: works out quite well. So as long as you you've got your Mac with you and you can do that quite quickly.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, if you're just doing something really simple, you know, maybe it is that storytelling for let's say TikTok, for example, and you know, that's having yep. great reach for audiences at the moment you might just have the app open and just shoot away. Or you might just shoot away with your camera app and then just edit edit the the video in TikTok. Um, you know, job done. And so it's as complex as you want to make it. It just depends on the quality that you're trying to hit in one of those three pillars.
0: All comes back to those three pillars, hitting one of those, and then you're, you're kind of satisfied. So it can be as simple, as you say, of opening up TikTok using their backend editor and... Posting, we've totally. opened an account for Stonker with TikTok, but we haven't. It's a little bit intimidating because I think I missed it. And my my generation missed it. I don't, don't have any mates that use it, but um, I know it's huge, like in terms of reach and ads, and it's more. Yeah, it's got more data than oh, as much data as Facebook now,
1: doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting one. I've got friends that have gone like, you know, they're low key TikTok famous. So, (laughs) you know, I put a video up there and it just went viral. I think it got like 12 million views. Wow. So we've got, you know, you've got reach um, that you've never had before. And the thing that really helps retain an audience on TikTok, and this is the, the, there is also a point here that you should realize that the space that you're creating the content for don't try to pull people away from those spaces. You want a loyal following or an audience in those ecosystems. So don't try to pull everyone from TikTok to go to your Instagram, or don't try to pull them away to go to YouTube. Because mm-hmm. the TikTok audience are there to watch TikTok. The U- yeah. the, uh, the YouTube crew, they're there for the longer form, you know, longer form content. They maybe aren't scrolling TikTok as much. They're there all about YouTube. So you want to build a following, you know, on YouTube that loves YouTube content. Same for TikTok, same for Instagram. Yep.
0: Well, that's that's a good point to note as well. So don't get frustrated when they don't come across.
1: Totally. But they you know, there well. is a benefit too. Like if they are interested, they will come across. So you know, the the big thing that was probably happening a couple of years ago was, um, you know, you'd build an audience on TikTok, and they'd be like, "Hey, what are they like on Instagram?" And so they'd come across. Yeah, but- keep feeding. Totally, but it's not happening as you know as much. It might happen on a small scale, but generally, people are staying in those ecosystems oh, and right. those platforms want to keep people on their platform. The last thing they want them to do is leave.
0: That's uh, it's not surprising actually, because there's so many social media platforms out there now. It's like now you've got this hardcore group of people that go like, "No, we're TikTok, and that's it." <laughs> yeah, but they don't, also don't want to see mum and dad on Facebook, because they don't want to uh you know other content on Instagram so they're just they're TikTok.
1: Absolutely. There's and this value adds to you know to all platforms. And you don't need to feel like you need to spread yourself super thin either. Like if you've if you're like, hey, we would like to give you know TikTok a go or we would like to give Instagram a little bit more effort or you know maybe we are going to tell stories a little bit more regularly on YouTube. Eliminate the numbers, eliminate the followings. Start to build a a library of footage because what happens is as you do that you know, people will, you know, come on and maybe they'll watch something, but they'll binge. And so they might be like, hey, what else have they been doing? And let's say you've been documenting, it could be like a van build. And, you know, maybe your last video of like, this is our van, how sick is it? You know, that video (laughs) does really well. And all the other ones before it, and you know, that journey, that hero's journey up to that point, haven't really been seen but what happens when that video does really well people are like hey i want to see where they started and they start binging and they start watching it back yeah Yeah. so you know just because you're starting and you're getting the ball rolling doesn't mean it's not going to provide value down you know down the track but it also means that you're going to get better because the more you're doing it the better you're going to get
0: that's good point actually because that's how i picked up on inspired unemployed i think i watched one of their videos and Oh, quite large by that stage, and I ended up spending a Sunday afternoon hungover. I think it was after my Bucks party, just binging <laughs> on uninspired, unemployed, because it's a cold, dark day, and you know surf and things like that. So, and that's what being...
1: that's what the platform wants. They they want you. They yeah. want you to spend the time there, just so over and over again. <laughs> totally, and I, you know, so for brands, people having that strategy is just work out what you want to do. You've got those three pillars: pillars of like value, story, quality think about how you present it. And that's where watching other people's stuff of maybe how they present something, you know, the, the whole idea is whatever niche you're in, go and look at the most top performing videos in that niche and work out whether you can do it or you need to bring someone on. If you can do it, copy exactly how they presented it, but obviously you're doing it, your style, your value, add your message. Just have a look at how it's being presented. Yeah. That's
0: another good point actually. So does content have to be entertaining or can it just be information? So say we sell a lot of foil kits from Armstrong. A lot of that stuff is very technical and you know you get into aspect ratios and other things. Can you still do stand there in front of a camera and just say, This is a foil kit, A, B, C, D, E, F. <laughs> or do you want to bring some life to it no matter what?
1: Uh, look, I think they're probably, you know, for some people, that's all they want. They just want yep. you to tell them the just information. Want the yeah. Like if you're, sometimes if you're watching a tutorial and let's say how to fix something on YouTube, you don't want the fluff. You don't care if the got you mm. know, the person's like bubbly, there's like, Hey, put this here, do this. This is what it looks like. You know, there's a space for that. Um, but also if you can try to not make it as like deadbeat as possible, that's also yeah. not a bad thing. So, you know, you don't necessarily need to like jazz it up tenfold, but if you've got a message that needs to come across and maybe it's super important if you can just find a way to articulate it, that the viewer can at least pay attention and follow along and it's not mm. like a, an abrasive sandpaper to listen or watch, yeah. um, <laughs> that's also a good thing.
0: The wind blowing in the background. It's totally. always a killer on YouTube. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, hard. you know,
1: you, you can get a few um, AI, you know, software things to kind of take that out, but um, you must get oh, yeah. off doing as much as you can in camera.
0: Yeah, cool. So that's some really practical advice. I hope uh, listeners got a lot from that. I definitely got a lot. So value, story, quality, those three key uh, key things, get one of them right. And yeah, sounds like you're going a long way to making a decent video. So I guess we'll move away from that practical hints and tips, Brian. Uh, let's get into a bit of inspiration. Who inspires you in life and business so what what makes you keep driving forward and keep growing your business and because it's hard yakka being a, a filmmaker mm. uh, I know it's any creative industry it's hard yakka so what keeps you you moving
1: I think uh who I am who I want to be in 10 years is probably yep. one of the uh, the big one um you know you oh. see kind of the person you want to be that is a that is a driving factor you know if I want to be you know, directing something on a bigger scale and, you know, I want to be telling stories and I want to have a certain level of autonomy over my time is what I deem as success and freedom. Then, you know, that's one of the key drivers. Um, Another one is friends. Like I have, you know, friends that even, you know, they might be doing a, a small scale business and the fact that they're just brave enough to start it, and you know and take it on you know head on and they might have a small family as well i guess a lot of really inspired by those kind of stories um yeah i've lots of diff- you know different friends in the creative area maybe they're working on a you know a project and they're shooting and they're doing something like super interesting and it's fun and it's like and they're just bringing an energy to it that's really really contagious that goes all right you know what maybe i need to be a little bit better here or maybe there's something that i can learn from seeing them grow in this space mm-hmm. so i i think it's like a an amalgara- amalgamation like a lot of collection of stuff around me and then it's always coming back to who i want to be in the years to come so that idea that's probably my um my big kind of you know what yeah howling me forward you know, I di- I have taken a lot of inspiration too from a, a YouTuber called Johnny Harris. He's to. he's an independent journalist, has worked for uh for Vox, um, tells incredibly stories. And I think his level of articulating points and getting across ideas in a way that isn't dry, super contemporary. And the way he's built out his team, he is someone who I'm like, in terms of business and the way he's approached um his platforms from a a really kind of educated and um I guess just a really good approach, you know. I take some inspiration from him as well.
0: So that was Johnny Harris.
1: Yeah, if I'm to name it, like a, a YouTuber, and you know, and yep. a lot of, and my friends, I won't name them all here, but, uh, but yes, I, I, you know, that's probably that circle. I think you know who you surround yourself with and who you you're having conversations with definitely, you know, definitely help you grow into the person that you potentially want to be.
0: Yeah, I love that. So even that question, who do you want to be in ten years? Like that can just help you clarify things. Yeah, getting a little bit lost. It's like, who do I want to be in 10 years?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, people do that even like with, you know, I have kept fit for the last, you know, 14 years, you know, consistently have kept myself in good shape and health has always been a high value, but I use health and like, you know, doing a workout or the gym as like a, uh, as a metaphor for life, you know, Mm -hmm. who I want to be in five years is someone who's like happy, healthy, and strong. And so that person, what do they do? Well, they go to, you know, do a workout regularly. They don't make excuses. They, yep. you know, do stuff that's difficult. They find a way to go beyond, you know, maybe the everyday. So that yep. person is now inspiring me. So I might not want to go do a workout. I might just want to go, you know, I'm a big chocolate fan. I love my weekers. Yeah. <laughs> so I will happily sit on the couch and eat half a block of chocolate. But mm-hmm. it's not about me. It's about who I want to embody, you know, in that time period and, you know, who I'm going to, you know, think of myself as, you know, five years from now, that person, that person is what pulls me out. And it's the consistency, you know, if if I just know it's showing up, the hardest thing. Woody
0: Allen said 80% of life is showing up or something. 80% of success is showing up.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So if you can just show up and, you know, it doesn't matter as long as you just do your best Um, and the best, you know, it looks different every day. So, it's like if you, you know, showing up and maybe doing that one small thing, even though it's not what you did yesterday or the day before, as long as you did your best for that day and you're like, yeah, okay, you know what? I think that was, um, that was a pretty good effort. Good on me. I'll go and treat myself now, get a coffee yeah. or whatever it might be.
0: Hop into the Whitakers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, off, it's offset. It's, uh, <laughs> it balances it's a, out. It's a delicate balance. But oh, I, think, I love that. Yeah. Just, just showing up and it's just, um, yeah. yeah.
0: That's a good philosophy to have. So, that's awesome, and just in turn we'll start wrapping it up. So, in terms of the workshop, is this what we can? Some of this uh, more sort of motivational, inspirational talk, can we expect some of that in your workshop, or is it I more think, practical? I think it will naturally,
1: it will naturally probably come out. So, you know, yeah, suffer, suffer through it. Um, you want to
0: tell us a bit more about the workshop? Is that online or face to face, or
1: it is face to face? I think this is the uh, the start of what I'm trying to work out if I create a, a workshop series um, at the end of the day, it's providing value and giving that helping hand up to other creatives and storytellers. I noticed being here in the community and I'd go and see, you know, different events and different films and stories being told. And I just noticed that, you know, there could be a real leveling up of these things. If there was a little bit of a, a guidance, a little bit of a workshop, you know, something to really kind of wow. help propel a lot of these ground roots stories, creatives, you know, forward, Um, which i was you know just finding that that wasn't happening and so you know i was like all right what can i do to to help provide value here and the idea behind it is over two days it's a it's a foundations process so basically basically you you start with an idea or a very base knowledge of how to maybe make a video we go through some of the things that you know we've talked about you know of the things that make a, a value, a video worth watching the types of videos. Mm-hmm. And then we go through like, let's have a look at the gear, you know, I'll bring in my kit. Let's how a look, let's look at how we can set up our tools to get the most out of them. How do we use them? Um, here's an idea. Let's go and shoot it. So there's a mixture of like, let's get the knowledge, but let's also practice. Um, and then, you know, we'll do a deep dive into, into editing. And it's like that streamlined process that by the weekend, you should now have stuff that we've learned how to, to shoot. We've actually gone out and shot some stuff, but now we've also uh, edited, we've exported, we're kind of showing, you know, we're looking at the fruits of our, our hard work and that's kind of giving us the foundation then to go, all right, I have this idea uh, for my next, you know, shoot. Maybe I'm doing it for work, whatever it might be, but I now have some stuff in the bag that I can use.
0: Very cool. So where can people go to find out more about the future workshops?
1: Well, I, uh, I created the work, uh, a website. So I think it was uh foundations workshop, I think at squarespace.com. So I kept the, oh. <laughs> the Squarespace there. Um, I, did, I saw that on your link tree.
0: So we'll put that in the show notes. So people Yeah. Can and through. there's
1: a link, there's a link tree on my, you know, on my socials too, that I'll probably just keep up to date. Um, you know, and I'll put another one on there. And I think that the, the hardest thing for me is, um, it's just getting the word out there. Like I've you know in between projects and everything and i've worked out even from my perspective i know how to to make a great video and i know how to coach people in that area but sometimes you know a lot of people don't know who i am they have no idea what i'm doing so yep. <laughs> letting people know that and then going hey here's something you know come on board and i think the the idea behind the first one is to to get that gauge to to really kind of you know give people as much value as possible and if that ripples fantastic if it doesn't hit the mark, well, then I need to to pivot and tweak and uh, and make it as good as it can be.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So that's what workshops are all about, you know, starting, tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. But I'm sure your attendees that have signed up for this weekend's workshop will get some awesome value. So you do that locally in Torquay?
1: Yeah, just finding a, a local co-working space. Uh, I think this yep. weekend it's uh, Workspace Three Six Five, so it's a great big venue yep. right next to uh, to South West. So we're positioned ourselves really, really well. Um, oh, cool. And so we're just gonna we're gonna use that space. And you know, having said that, the spaces might change because there is so many amazing other little venues around Torquay, and you know, oh, I nice. take it around Australia. Who knows?
0: Yeah, that'd be very cool. So mobile filmmaking workshops would be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Like look, look, I've told people bring a phone because there is an element of that as well. So yeah, yep. bring a camera, bring your phone. Um, and we'll go through with, you know, at the end of the day, the best camera you have is the one you've got on you. And, yep. you know, rather than feeling like you need to go and, and spend all your money on something, there are other strategies that you can use to, to level up, um, and to yep. create maybe the idea that you want to create. So the idea behind the workshop is let's do something face-to-face. It's real-time interaction. You've got a question. Yeah. I can answer it. It's not, you know, I online courses are fantastic, but I still at the heart, you know, from teaching diploma students in to ed and experiential learning, I yeah. have a real high value uh, with face-to-face learning. Face-to-face, so that's, yeah. that's why I'm running it face-to-face.
0: Ah, cool. We might have to line you up for, we did some mini masterclasses with, a couple of our guests uh, a couple of years ago, so with Tal Lemons photographer on the Surf Coast, and also Ren McGann uh, award-winning photographer in Western Australia, Margaret River, and they were really successful. They were online given the Corona restrictions and everything at the time, but it would be awesome to partner up, potentially partner up and put out a workshop. So maybe we chat about that after the podcast.
1: Yeah, get people excited, learn some learn some cool new skills, and yeah, uh, I'd be uh, I'd be down.
0: I was super keen to attend the workshop myself, actually. So that's awesome, Brian. So lots of things happening, working with brands, working on new projects, doing the workshops, going down, the, down that path of education. Have you got any final words of advice or wisdom to pass on to our listeners? Any favorite slogans or sayings?
1: Or I have Plenty of uh, favorite sayings and slogans. <laughs> <laughs> the one I, I used to whip out all the time was um, if you, if you don't ask the answers always no. Ah, uh, I like that. And that, you know, whether that is working with someone, you know, having a chat, um, it could, uh, you know, I used I used to use it with students all the time, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be doing, I'll be doing trips overseas, you know, I'd take a team and let's say we're like, you know, deep in, uh, deep in Peru and they need to work out, you know, how to find somewhere to eat. And yeah, like, why don't you ask someone in Spanish? And they're like, oh, I'm like, if you don't ask, you don't know, you know, all the answers always know, or, you know, maybe yeah. they just, th- those key lessons. That's probably the, the one thing, but I think the big one is consistency if there's a a message i can um i can kind of you know leave as a a departing thought is that whatever you're going to to do um first take action in it but just be consistent yep and you know and whether that's just once a week um whether it is you know um you know every day whatever it might be it could even just be you know you want to get better at coming up with ideas you might spend the morning just write three ideas do that consistently and you'll just naturally get better so i think consistency is uh is something just to to take away but remember success comes through consistency mm-hmm. you know that will develop into mastery and through mastery you may find something you're passionate about
0: yeah love that that's a a fresh message actually so we always talk about finding that passion and pursuing it but yeah it's about if you show up consistently and do the hard yards then their passion evolves from that as well so it's love all hearing back, that it's all yeah. back
1: to the uh the gym idea just show up and just do do that consistently yep. you just show up consistently you some form of mastery will happen and it's through mastery that we develop our passions
0: get in the get in the gym and do your reps figuratively
1: do your reps <laughs> give someone a high five maybe you just walk in yeah. and just walk straight back out hey you showed up
0: yeah exactly uh, awesome to chat today, Brian. That's a really, really good episode. I can't wait to get this out to listeners. So I hope they got lots of practical hints and tips and lots of inspirational advice as well. Really appreciate your time today. I know you've got to get on the ferry and get across to that other side of the peninsula for another project. So really good chatting with you today. And where can followers go? Just as a final word to to follow you and follow your story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, going across to, to cuddle some koalas, which will be uh, quite a nice, very nice today. Um, Follow me. It's just my name, Brian Hines. There is an underscore, so Brian Hines underscore. That's the same on uh, Instagram, TikTok, and I think YouTube.
0: That's excellent, Brian. So thanks very much for joining us today, episode fifty-three oh. of the Surf Coast Creatives
1: podcast. There is a, there is a website too. If you're you're looking, I probably should have just mentioned that. Um, <laughs> The, the Hindsight Productions is, uh, Hindsight is productions. My, my business website. So um, Hinds, H-Y-N-E-S, and this is Hindsight Productions. Thanks for the chat.